Hello, this is The Next Delicious Thing, and I'm Jennifer Earle. Please, call me Jen. This week, I have something slightly different for you. I was planning to meet with Bettina Campolucci-Bordi, the cookbook author and chef. I was going to ask her about plant-based food, like what her favorite foods are, sort of some advice on cooking plant-based food, perhaps, because that's her specialty. But then I realized what I would find most interesting and what I think is quite unique to her is how do you actually become a retreat chef? What kind of people can become a retreat chef? What you might need to invest to become, what you need to know and how much you can earn. So stay tuned and Bettina is going to share all that with you. Before we get into the episode, because I'm obviously also going to share with you the things that need to go to the top of your list to try next, I just wanted to let you know that I have three spots available on a Chelsea Sweet Treats adventure with Chocolate Ecstasy Tours on Wednesday, the 1st of June at 11.30. It's about a three and a half hour tour. We don't do public tours anymore, generally. So this is quite unusual. So if it was something that you had wanted to do, but we stopped doing them, then get in touch. Jennifer at chocolateecstasytours.com and hopefully we can fit you in. Now, the things that need to go to the top of your list to try next. I treated myself to a box of treats. I treated myself to treats, anyway, uh, by Cat Food Bakes. I saw something that she'd made on Helen Graves' Instagram stories. Helen has got a book that's just come out called Live Fire. So if you're planning to barbecue this summer, whatever, then I would really recommend it. She's an incredible writer and cook. I So I saw this on her stories and then I ordered it immediately and I happened to order just as it was about to be posted out. So these treats get baked once a month and each month to a different theme. This month's theme was cereal and my absolute favorite thing in the box, which is all very, very good, was a cornflake brownie. So a layer of caramels with cornflakes on top of a really fudgy, incredible brownie. I had actually forgotten that it was coming and picked up a few things from a bakery earlier that day. And the contrast between the quality of uh, Kat's things and the things from the bakery was huge. So yeah, um, she's really fantastic. I was also kindly sent a box of lamingtons from Radio Lamington to celebrate the Jubilee. Radio Lamington are part of the Daisy Green collection. So at the beginning of the very first lockdown, they started this lamington baking business and have given thousands to NHS employees. They will be giving away another 700 when they sell 700 of their special edition strawberries and cream coffee. It is not actually flavored with strawberries and cream, I'm pretty sure, but I think those are the tasting notes. Uh, I have been sent some, but I haven't tried it yet. The original Lamington is still the best Lamington I have ever had. And I grew up in Australia, so I've had a few. If you are interested in knowing what a Lamington tastes like, then by Radio Lamingtons. It is a chiffon style, very light, very, very light sponge sandwiched with raspberry jam and then covered in a very thin layer of chocolate icing, really. It's kind of, um, I wouldn't call it chocolate ganache. Then that is rolled in coconut, a desiccated coconut. They're a popular childhood treat in Australia and New Zealand. Making them is very, very messy. So buying them is the way forward. Those two things you can get by post. And for the next two, you will need to come to Covent Garden These two places both have locations in Covent Garden. They both have other locations as well. Buns from home I've spoken about before. On Saturday, I picked up 
a tiramisu bun. So the buns are made with the croissant dough, so a laminated pastry. This one, the pastry was in like a tart shell. And so at the base of it, there were espresso soaked saviati biscuits and the custard had something like Marcella wine. It was just so silky and so flavorful, really reminiscent of a tiramisu. Just around the corner, Dalish ice cream has opened just for the summer. They have lots of fascinating flavors. Wasn't a huge fan of their signature flavor, which is saffron, rose and pistachio, but their sticky taffini, which is sesame ice cream, very lightly sesame, with hunks of sticky toffee pudding cake, kind of cake texture. It was fabulous. I tried my friend's sweet cream and sour cherry, which was also very good. That's all for the tasting things. As always, you can find those at thenextdeliciousthing.com. And I email them out every Wednesday to anybody who signs up to the list. It's also possible to do at thenextdeliciousthing.com. And now, how to become a retreat chef, or just if you're nosy and want to know what they actually do and how much they can earn, let's listen to Bettina. If you want, you can watch this on YouTube instead, but do come back around minute 25 because I follow up with a few questions that I asked her not on video. I am joined today by Bettina Campolucci-Bordi, who is an incredible chef, food writer, podcast host, and a queen on social media too. I wanted to chat with Bettina because she has so many different strings to her bow, shall we say. She's been in the industry, in the food industry for a long time. And I particularly wanted to pick her brain about being a retreat chef, which is how you started in the food industry pretty much. Yeah. And... Bettina runs Bettina's Kitchen Academy, which teaches people how to be a retreat chef. So we're upstairs from the academy right now, and I've just been teaching the chocolate session. So obviously, I am slightly biased that the course is amazing because I'm one of the teachers, but <laughs> it really is incredible. And I think like a must do if you think that becoming a retreat chef is going to be a great way for you to earn income and a living and a life. I, yeah. It sounds amazing from everything I hear. So first, though, let's talk a little bit about you. So how long have you been working in food? I've been working in food since I was 15, but mm. not cooking. I was always like in food and beverage and sort of front of house waitressing, okay. all sorts of things. Yeah. And then 10 years actually cooking, which is what I wanted to do right from the get go. But then my parents were like, yeah, you're not doing any chef training. So the closest I could get to that was doing hotel management, which sort of... Uh, so your degree, you did a degree like studies in hotel management? Yeah. Interesting. So then I did lots of food and beverage, basically, and until I decided to cook. How did you sneak into the kitchen then? <laughs> I snuck into the kitchen um, by co-founding retreats 10 years ago. Wow. And I was like, great, I'd like to run them, but I'd also like to cook on them. And this might be a really good opportunity to get into the kitchen. Did my first retreat, absolutely loved it. I was like, great, I can actually earn money cooking, which is my passion. Um, That's it. I kind of banana slid into it. I love it. So you actually hadn't done any chef's training? No, lots of cooking from a really early age. Mm -hmm. But, mm, oh, and actually in, um, in hotel management university the way it works is or the one the uni that I went to was you do um six weeks of 
actual stuff like you'll do six weeks in the kitchen six weeks front of house okay so six weeks of housekeeping so you, um, so you actually get to experience it exactly so if and then you do six weeks of theory if you're bossing them around you at least like kind of exactly understand what it's like to be in their shoes <laughs> exactly they can be empathetic so that was pretty good uh, but yeah other than that i didn't do any formal training i love that and that is particularly why i wanted you on because i think some people see food and they're not really sure what to do in food like when I I had never heard of the word food buyer um before like well after I graduated university mm. and I was like oh my god I love buying food that sounds amazing yeah and so they, I think people just need their eyes open to like so many different pathways in the food industry yeah. and I love that people can come to your chef's academy to without knowing how to cook I mean they ideally know how to cook but yes they have to have, have passion to... for food but they don't have to be professional at all yeah you don't have to work doing sometimes it's actually better really because they don't have bad habits that they need to sort of get rid of interesting have you got an example of a bad habit um I just think with retreat chefing in particular you have to be really flexible mm-hmm. and with some chefs if it's not just like that or if there's not that type of equipment yeah or if you can't find an ingredient it's like Oh my gosh, what am I going to do? Yeah. Whereas with retreat chefing, you don't know what type of venue you're going to, you're going to rock up to. You don't, sometimes I've ended up in countries where they produce cashew nuts, for example, but you get to Costa Rica and there's not a cashew in sight because they're all for export. Wow. Um, so you've got to be really flexible and you kind of have to be good in the crisis. I guess chefs are good in the crisis. It's just, it's different. It's a different type of industry so that's why people come to me that's that's what I love though that I think that it's really important to know if you're choosing like what you want to do in any industry like for if you're trying to make a living Mm. then it's important to consider what things you like doing like whether you like being around people or not and whether you like like problem solving or whether you like to have you know, routines, all those things like yeah. matter. Like I could never be a chocolatier because one, I'm not tidy enough. And two, like, I don't like doing the same things over and over. Yeah. And I think even though you also need to be creative to be a chocolatier because you're ideally coming up with new recipes, you are making, if you, if you get big, you're making a lot of the same exactly. things. And so what are the things if somebody's thinking, Oh, that sounds interesting to be a retreat chef. What, what kind of personality traits or like interests or skills do you think people kind of should have? Um, so being, yeah, being good in a crisis, <laughs> you're gonna be good in a crisis. You gotta have good attitude because anything can sort of happen. Yeah. Um, calm and collective. Yeah. Uh, I can see it would not be good for somebody who kind of moves through the world with fairly high functioning anxiety. That could be yeah, quite so challenging. Yeah. That, so that's probably not very helpful. Um, you've got to be really good with budgets. Mm, that's important. You've got to be really good with working in a team and with new people that you don't know. Sometimes your kitchen teams don't speak a word of English. Wow. Um, if you're doing weird and wonderful retreats like I do. So... Well, you speak several languages, so there's probably yeah, a language you can communicate with. Yeah, yeah well, sort of... I, <laughs> I guess food is a universal <laughs> language, but calm and collective, I think good attitude, being flexible, you know, being curious and loving food and ingredients, mm. of course. And I guess the one thing that um it's long hours yeah. i mean lots of people think oh my gosh i'm going to become a retreat chef and travel the world and see lots of things <laughs> and you know you, you spend a lot of time in the kitchen yeah. and it's one of the most it's 
really hard work but it's also really gratifying when you've been through a week and your group and you've taken people on this food journey yeah. with a beginning a middle and an end and they absolutely love it yeah or if you've had this food exchange with a local team and they've learned lots of skills from you and then they can take those on mm. and become better at what they do and there's there's this whole food and cultural exchange that happens which is really beautiful so it's very that. gratifying yeah but it's think, hard work like don't get disillusioned yeah I think uh, yeah anything good is hard work but I think that's there's that disconnect when you see oh I can go to Thailand and join a yoga retreat and just do the cooking it's like just doing the cooking is meals and snacks and lots of preparation in between and managing all the people who are helping with you if you've even got people helping you to do all the tidying up and figuring out you've got everything for the future days as well so I can definitely see that that requires someone with a level of organization but that satisfaction of constantly cooking for the same people like I know a lot of chefs it's really important to them being able to see the people who eat their food so they prefer smaller restaurants where they might have regulars and Mm. things but to actually be cooking for the same group the whole way through would be very cool yeah it's great you take people on a journey which is amazing so most of what you do is plant-based the amount of ingredients that Bettina teaches people how to use and all the different creative ways so the cheeses that you make out of different nuts and all different nut milks and then breads and different cakes out of different things like it's just tofu making from scratch like it's a really really intense seven-day course which allows gives people options depending on where they are in the world being able to create things and that that toolkit to pull from yeah to be able to um, work with whatever's around you so yeah if you're somebody who like really thrives on variety like I can see it just being an amazing amazing job uh, so what you, can you tell us a bit about what else that you do? So you run the Retreat Chef Academy. You've written three books. Yes, three cookbooks, three book babies. Uh, yeah, she has a, <laughs> a, a, real, a real human baby too, not a child. <laughs> yes. Uh, Happy Vegan Food, Seven Day Vegan Challenge, and the latest one, Celebrate. They're all plant-based. The, last one, the first two are vegan and gluten-free, or I prefer the word plant-based. Um, and the latest one actually contains flour, which was interesting because I spent many years not working with flour and I've kind of included it into my repertoire again, just Mm -hmm. to sort of broaden the audience and have both options. Um, what else do I do? Uh, the Retreat Chef Academy runs between two to four times a year, obviously with what's been going on the last (laughs) two years, um, I have been sort of touch and go. And then I also run wellness retreats. Mm. I do one in Bali, which is amazing. Uh, That's my favorite one. And then I also collaborate and freelance with a company called Reclaim Yourself. That's the weird and wonderful ones that I do in places like Mongolia. We're doing Ecuador and India this year. Um, And I've done retreats in Iceland, Zanzibar, Azores, all over the place. Amazing. She does sound very sexy. You like sound very sexy. You can can presumably you can add on like another week afterwards, you know, to, to, you know. I mean, husband and daughter allowing, but usually on the Bali one, uh, my daughter and my husband come out and then we spend an additional three weeks there. Nice. Which is nice, which kind of, I make sure that it kind of falls into her holidays. Yeah. And then the Mongolian one, they come as well. So they 
my daughter's nine now, so she can help. She Perfect. can she can kind of <laughs> come along or at least be there after we've done the retreats, which is which is nice. That's really nice. I look forward to doing more travel. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Me too. Oh my god, I missed it. <laughs> yeah, I know it's hard when that's part of your life, and then it hasn't been for a while. If someone, obviously, apart from just signing up for your course, which I really think would recommend, uh, two questions. One, like, what would you say are the things that people um, need to think about? Like, where would they start if they wanted to do this? Like, what kind of networks would be helpful? Would it be useful to, like, go spend some time in kitchens? Or, And then the other question is, how much money would they need to get started? Like, do they need the bank loan? Or can you kind of really bootstrap into becoming a retreat chef? Oh, my gosh. You can really just start. So, I guess the academy is a great start Mm -hmm. because you walk away with something that's tangible you walk away with the menu like the business in a box yeah it's a so you the the project is creating a menu with a budget and with an ingredients list Mm -hmm. so you kind of leave with that and then also what we do is we place students in job opportunities Mm -hmm. so actually a lot of the graduates um a few of them um then end up trialing with reclaim yourself or i get quite a lot of requests for retreats that i don't do because i don't travel as much as i used to yeah and then we'll place different students in different situations mm-hmm. um and there's also an opportunity um jules that runs reclaim yourself does a nhs retreat which mm-hmm. is on a volunteer basis so we trial the academy students on the nhs retreat because it is an actual retreat yeah and then from there, they can get picked to do different retreats as well. And so could somebody, without doing your retreat, if they weren't sure yet, if that's what they wanted to do, could they go and like just like shadow? I guess you could pay to go on a retreat and then spend some time in the kitchen and see and chat to the, chat to the people. Yeah. Hopefully listening to this podcast will give you an idea of whether it's something that would be worth investing your time in. Do they need to buy equipment as well? So- Not a lot of equipment at all. Um, we go through all of that during the course. You could... You could make back your investment by working on two jobs, two basically. Jobs. amazing. You'll be able to make back what you've invested in terms of equipment and the course. And so if you, you know, if there was enough demand for retreats out there that you could sign up, like, would you feasibly be able to do like one a month? yeah i mean if people do more yeah if this is what you want to do Mm -hmm. and you can definitely do one a month and i think what's happening at the moment is that the wellness industry is absolutely booming yes comparatively to what it was like 10 years ago when i was starting out there was a handful of retreats that were well known Mm -hmm. so it was kind of easy to stand out whereas now so many yoga teachers people that are trainers there's, I mean, there's a retreat for everything. There's writing retreats. Yeah, that's there's true. Yeah. Camp retreats. There's like coaching retreats. Mm-hmm. Um, so there seems to be a much bigger need for chefs mm-hmm. on these retreats, which is great. This is such a niche thing that I've decided to do. The reason it was sort of born was because lots of the people I used to cook for would message me and go, "Oh my god, this has happened," or "That's happened," and I'm like is your chef not doing this or is your chef not doing that? Oh, okay. So the people so that they like, hired weren't... Yeah, exactly. So I was like, oh my gosh, surely they should know that yeah. they should be doing this or they should be doing that. 
So I was like putting out fires via yeah. WhatsApp messages with wow. people that I'd worked with before. And I was like, maybe, maybe there is something here that could be done. Yeah. I think even um, for people who are just like not interested in becoming a retreat chef, just if they want to, I mean, I know there's been some people who've opened cafes, but also just if you want to improve the way you eat at home, like it's like yeah, abs- yeah, absolutely. And it's also lots of people have got allergens. So there's mm. lots of options for that. Um, one of the students that came, I think, I don't know if it was the last time or the time before, uh, she had a chocolate business. So yes. she's applied lots of your Yay. really good tips to her business. She does these amazing raw chocolate grazing boxes oh, cool. um, that she started before she came, but then yeah. obviously topped off. Oh, amazing. I'll link to her in the show notes as well. Yeah. That'd be nice to promote her yeah definitely have have a look at her stuff and so it completely depends you kind of pick and choose there's so much going on during the week Mm. that everyone that comes will have their favorite bit yeah and it's great because there's there's lots of options and yes you don't necessarily have to become a retreat chef to travel no not at all but what's so what's the earning potential then or like where would it what would be the minimum they could kind of if they could get the work at an entry level what would they be able to earn in a year and then what could that go up to? As a day rate, it, it the the minimum should be 250 a day. Yeah. Which is what is sort of the going rate. Mm-hmm. And, and the more skills you have, the more you can increase that. And would your flights be paid for you if yes. you were going so somewhere? Yes, so there's 250 a day, plus. Exclude, excluding travel, excluding... Um, and and you, should, you should get paid, yeah, excluding ingredients, yeah. excluding accommodation... Mm-hmm. And you should also be paid for travel days because obviously you're yes. not doing any other work during that day okay, except for traveling to wherever you're going to. That's really good guidance. And because even, yeah, just to be clear that even the, you're being paid for the travel days and the working days, but you probably will need to do some preparation in ordering food and things. Exactly. So that those so things won't be included yeah, in your, so that's what you planning. bill for. Yeah. But it's still, so just don't think that you're definitely, it works out exactly at 250 pounds a day. And that would be kind of minimum. So minimum, yeah. As you get better and you're more in demand, then you yeah, can definitely. start increasing your prices because people want you back. Cause... Exactly. And if you look at it from a sort of, uh, if you're working in food and beverage and in a kitchen, I suppose it's a really good day rate. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So you could, yeah, you work probably like half as many days and make yeah. the same amount of money as someone. In there. And it's a good, it's actually a good thing to, so we've had quite a few chefs come and it's a great sort of way of topping up your, uh, income yeah as a sort of normal yeah chef. so you take your take your holidays and make yeah. your holidays into you probably need so extra holidays few, <laughs> yeah so we've had a few chefs who are professional chefs uh, yeah. um sort of retrain to have that in their back pocket and i imagine they charge more than 250 a day because it if you're already a chef you're going to exactly. look impressive because it's also about how the retreat sells you because when they're saying, come on my yoga retreat, we've got a chef who's worked in XXX restaurant. Yeah. That's going to be a bit sexier than somebody yeah, who absolutely. is just, we've got great food. Absolutely. Which is harder to quantify until you get known as the retreat, which has amazing food because they've got people who've been trained by Bettina. So <laughs> that's also valuable too. That's um, really interesting. I love this. So if you are thinking about becoming a uh, chef that travels the world, then you should definitely get in touch with Bettina and yes uh, is there anything else people should know or think about in terms of becoming a retreat chef yeah or if any if you've got any tips for people coming into the food industry yeah I think I think the main tip is to be really passionate about what you do Mm -hmm. because you're going to have good and bad days yes as everything 
Um, so as long as you're really, really passionate and love what you do, that will get you a long way. Okay, that's brilliant. Thank you very much. Well, thank you so much for having me. Uh, <laughs> this has been wonderful. I'm. We might have you back another time. <laughs> we talk more about the other strings to your bow in terms of collaboration with brands and getting sponsorship and things. So I think that's another interesting story. But um, yeah, I think you're doing amazing things in the retreat chef world. And I don't know anyone else who's doing that quite the same way. So if that is a career that interests you, then check out Bettina's Academy. And I will see you there. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks, guys. I hope you found that interesting. I really highly recommend Bettina's Academy, the number of ingredients she brings along and helps people to understand and cook with and all the different methods is really, really impressive. I realized afterwards that there was a question that I didn't ask Bettina. So I went back to her and I asked what the maximum potential of earning wise was for anyone who's interested in becoming a retreat chef. She was quick to point out that although retreats might seem expensive to attend, there are a lot of costs that involved and obviously you the organizer bears a lot of risk. So there's not a lot of money in running retreats. So the range for a retreat chef to be paid is really between 200 pounds. She said 250 during our conversation, but she said possibly it might start at 200. So 200 pounds to 350 pounds a day. I asked her how much someone could feasibly work like without burning out and figuring out logistics and things. And we kind of figured that it would be plausible to work, do a seven day retreat maybe twice a month or possibly like 10 months of the year. So looking at doing 20 seven-day retreats in a year. And I did the maths, not including the travel days, which you should also be paid for. And that was around, depending on how much you're looking at, somewhere between 30 and 30,000 pounds and 50,000 pounds in a year. So that seems like a pretty decent salary. It's definitely higher than the average salary. And that's not being paid for every day that you work. Obviously, there would be some work involved on top of the days of organizing and all the back and forth between the organizers. But um, that seems like a fairly nice lifestyle to me. The other thing that you could do if you are skilled in being a retreat chef is be a private chef, whether that would be for um, corporate retreats or for wealthy families or just like families that are pulling together to organize a private chef for their vacation or just in their home. Uh, so that's something else that you could add to your repertoire of income. I found that really interesting and I hope you did too. Please let me know. The next delicious thing at gmail.com is the best way to contact me or via direct message through social media at the next delicious thing. That's it. Please share this with a friend who likes to cook and perhaps might like a career change. And remember to subscribe. Until next week, I wish you a very happy eating. Happy eating.